Welcome to Chapters of Motherhood. This is a weekly podcast about this hashtag mom life that is motherhood with all the struggles, chaos, and true blessings that come with the title mom. I am your host, Veronica. At 17 years old, I became a mom for the first time. And at 41, I had a water birth for my fifth baby. The goal of this podcast is to share with you my motherhood experience and hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in your own mom life journey. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working mom, or a single mom, from potty training struggles, bedtime snuggles, and everything in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I share your frustrations and your joys. Every week is a different chapter of motherhood. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Chapters of Motherhood. We are joined today with Cynthia Fitch. And our topic today, we're going to be talking about medical freedom. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm to excited have you. too. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. I'm a fan of yours on Instagram. I love the way that you put out your information and your awareness. It's such a fun way that you put it out and it's funny and it's provocative. It makes you think, right? So what is medical freedom exactly? What does that mean for you? So for me, medical freedom is having the choice to choose like what you want to do for your body. If you feel like a medication is safe for your body, that is your choice. If you feel like it's not safe for your body, then that is your choice as well. The same as goes for vaccines. I feel like if it's your choice and you feel like it's beneficial for you and your family, then it beneficial. But if it's not, and you feel like it goes against your religious beliefs, your ethical beliefs, and your personal beliefs, then it's not for you. And that should not be mandated on nobody. And that's what medical freedom means to me. Yes. Thank you for that quick explanation. And and yes, that's what it means to me as well Is like you have the freedom of choice, as long as you have all the information. And that's what's missing. What's missing is the information because they'll say it's safe. Don't worry about it. I I vaccinate my own children. It's safe. I vaccinate my own pregnant wife. It's safe. Well, that's not information. That's not full consent. That's just your native. Yes. So tell me, Cynthia, how many children do you have and how is your motherhood journey? How did it start? Okay. So I have two kids. I have a, a daughter named Brooklyn and I have a son named Basil. And my journey starts a little bit different. I was actually married to a woman and we wanted to have kids. She had an older son that she previously had before um, we got together, but I personally wanted to carry my own child. And into a year of trying to conceive, I never actually got pregnant. And stemming back to that, we'll go forward to that later. I believe it was due to the HPV shot because I struggled to get pregnant after that. I had seizures after that. So many things. It just never clicked at the time. So fast forward, my wife decided at the time to get pregnant and she got pregnant with our daughter. And from there, I already knew because of what happened with me and the HPV shots, having the seizures and stuff like that. I didn't want my daughter to have those same things. So I talked about it with my wife and I let her know how I felt the anxiety I felt um, before it was even time for her to have her shots. And she let me know it was fine. Her older son, who we had, he had all his shots. He was fine. And our definition of fine was asthma, breathing treatments, you know, the typical mom, the things that we think are fine. But Mm -hmm. when we got down the road where we are now, we learned he wasn't fine. And we created those asthma attacks and stuff like that. We were just aiding what happened from vaccines. 
So when my daughter, um, when the two month shots, we both said, you know what, we're going to just go ahead and do it. And within three weeks, she had her first seizure. From there, my my journey of digging in and learning about medical freedom and wanting to protect my kids is where everything grew. Then I wanted to see why I wasn't able to conceive. So I went to a couple of fertility doctors, no answers. I ate a clean diet before we ate junk food, McDonald's, all the things. I ate a clean diet for a year. And within two months, I was able to conceive basil. And it blew my mind away that everything that basically like everything was just coming in full circle with Brooklyn and learning about health and stuff like that. So from there, like I didn't I didn't circumcise. I didn't vaccinate. I did very limited baby well visit. I mean, pregnancy visits, very limited. And from there, it just it, it flourished. So that's my very beginning of my motherhood journey. Okay. So if I'm hearing this correctly, so your wife carried one child and you carried another. Yes. That's very exciting. I loved being pregnant. So please tell me your experience about you being pregnant. Oh my gosh. It was magical. Like, because I was more aware of the things not to do, like I wanted to limit ultrasounds and I wanted to have a healthier pregnancy. I didn't drink the glucose drink. Um, I just feel like my pregnancy was better. It was easier. I didn't have anyone on my back like, oh, you should do this. I felt like because I had that stance of my body, my choice and medical freedom, I knew what I wanted to do for me and my baby. So my pregnancy wasn't stressed out from all the ears and people telling me what I should be doing because my mind was made up. So my pregnancy was honestly like a breeze. So let me ask you this. Now, did you get people that said, well, why are you doing that? Why don't you just listen to the experts? Why don't you listen to the doctors? Cynthia, you're not a doctor. You don't know what you're doing. Um, What did you actually do to make you have those decisions of I'm not going to take that nasty orange glucose drink because you don't have to. You know, you can, you, you don't can use have apple to. juice. Um, so the research is very limited. Like you can't really go online and look those things up. But from following different people on Instagram, it really like made me open my eyes. Like these things aren't necessary. So when people came to me like, oh, you have to do this. Well, when I went, my doctor told me I just had to do a jelly bean test and it was the same result. So mm-hmm. I was lucky enough at that time to have that that doctor that was able to, you know, that had my back at that time. So I was able to say, you know, this is what I'm doing. So through life experience, I think I was able to speak up a little bit more than other people who are, you know, that aren't in that position that have a doctor that's not that don't have their back. So it is hard when you don't have that support. But I feel like if you know, we have a gut feeling for a reason, all Mm -hmm. of us do as mamas, right? Mm -hmm. So if you know, in your gut, it doesn't feel right, you always question it. And that's what I tell everybody from here on out, whether you go ahead and do it, whether you don't in the long run, you question it. Because if you continue to just follow blindly, that's where we that's why we are where we are with vaccines and medication and everything we followed blindly. Yes. Yeah. And it's true because you, you do follow because you think, well, they know more than me and where do I find this information? And I mean, it's designed for you not to find it for a reason, you know? Yes. And I mean, you know, I, I can get into my, you know, conspiracy theories, but I mean, it, it really is like, if this was misinformation, why are you shutting it down? Wouldn't you just trust people to know better? Or wouldn't you you put out your own information instead of just saying it's safe, it's effective, 
we've been doing it for 50 years. That's not full consent. That's not informed consent. That's just do what I do. Right. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you chose not to circumcise. Yes. Can we talk about that? Why why did you? Of course. So I was very on the fence about it, even though my stepson, he wasn't circumcised, but that was more of a cultural thing that hit like their family chose to do. So at the time when my son I just wanted to make sure I wasn't harming my child in any way. I reached out to a friend and she told me to look up yourwholebaby.org. And when I looked it up of the process they do and why mom's not allowed in the back room in the first place, if mom's seen what happened to their baby, they probably would snatch that baby and run. The trauma that happens to the baby because there's actually no like uh, numbing or anything. It just happens. And the idea did not fly with me that because they're so young, they don't remember. Um, That just didn't, that didn't, because I feel like I grew up on a farm and I learned about impressions and all of that starts in the belly. So you can't tell me the moment they're born that throughout life, that, that memory that's embedded into them is not going to always be there and bug them. And I feel like, honestly, like that has a lot to do with what's going on with men these days, to be honest, they've been harmed from day one, sadly. Mm-hmm. You know what? I didn't, I didn't think about that. Can you speak more on, what did you say? Imprinting? Imprinting. So like, you know, when in the bait, you know, how, how they tell us to talk to our babies in the belly and daddy talks to the baby so he can, babies are learning all of those things. So if they're learning in the belly, how can they forget what happens after they're born? And that that's a trauma thing. That's pain. That's something that's actually being created to them or hurt to them. How can you say they're not going to remember that because they're so young, but you're saying they can learn baby's dad's voice and mom's voice in the belly. Right. Make it make sense. Right. Right. And yeah, I've heard that they don't like, I remember being told with my son, I didn't do any research. I was 17 and I thought, you know, I don't know anything. So I'm just going to trust the experts because they know. And the day that he was born, uh, they just came in and they said, do you want to circumcise him? And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. I had no research. And my dad happened to be there. And my dad's like, yes, 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 do it, do it, do it. And he was like convincing me to do it. Like my, my own husband didn't even tell me. And, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, but anyways, the baby dad. So I just said, okay, well, my dad says it's okay. So let's go ahead and do it. And they did say, cause I asked, is it going to hurt him? And they said, no, it's not going to hurt him. We're going to put numbing cream on it. And I'm like, okay, but that's what they said. So I don't, I don't know. Cause I keep hearing it's like, they get nothing. They get no injection, no numbing cream, nothing. It's just snip. And here you go. Pretty much. And I've seen some horror stories like on the website, there's pretty graphic pictures and horror stories of these poor babies and what they their after stories are. And, and erectile dysfunction, sad, sadly, is relinked to it. There's a couple other like older s- symptoms that males have that's linked to it because of that circumcision, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know. And I've made peace with myself because I didn't know. I didn't do the research. Now that I know, I'm sorry. My motto is always, you know, better, you do better. Never hold the guilt. Yes. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Cynthia. Yes. Once you know better, you do better. Yes. Let's go back to what you were saying about your daughter and her injury. Okay. So When Brooklyn was born, I didn't really consider the shots in the hospital as actual being shots because the vitamin K, they tell you it's a vitamin and then they get what the hep B in the hospital. And I forget what they tell you hep B is for, but 
if the mom has like a infection or something like that. So Mm -hmm. anyways, they don't need it. I didn't consider those as vaccines, but when it was time for her two month shots and I knew she was getting six doses of something and it actually shows they're only getting three or four shots, but they're getting six doses. It kind of made me question like, why are you only telling me she's only getting four, but she's really getting six doses. So that was like a huge red flag. And I had this pit of a gut feeling for three days. And I kept telling my ex, I was like, I really don't think this is a good idea to get her shots. I just, I just feel like it's not a great idea. Brooklyn was already holding her head up. She could do things like I felt like most two two months old don't do. Of course, you know how moms are. We think Mm -hmm. all of our babies are advanced. Mm -hmm. So we came to common grounds and we said we'd get her shots. And if something, God forbid happened, we wouldn't do it again. So I feel like that was literally God stepping into our lives and opening the door. And I, and I hate that it happened to Brooklyn, but within a week after her shot, she had an episode where she turned blue and she stopped breathing and it was really quick. Um, so we called the hospital or her doctor and her doctor said, um, just shoot saline in her nose. And me being like a first time mom, like I was just like, okay, so we did it. The second time it happened, I was like, no, this is not normal. Like, I don't understand what's going on. She turned blue for a really long time. So we called the ambulance and they came and checked on her. And um, they said that there was, they couldn't understand what was going on with her. The third time it happened was within three weeks of her shots. She had a full blown seizure. Her whole hand was shaking. Her eye turned to the left and she turned completely blue. And it happened for like a minute and a half ambulance came long story short they couldn't explain any reason they were basically Mm -hmm. like she had a febrile seizure is what Mm -hmm. they told me but Mm -hmm. there was no fever in sight she was Mm -hmm. just playing and then the next minute she was just having a seizure so after doctor visits and hospital visits eegs nobody could give us answers so her two-month eeg was abnormal we waited six months we contacted a holistic doctor and he said during these six months, he said, let's do no vaccines. Let's do some detoxes, which we can elaborate on that. Um, we did like TSR spray, some Thuja 30C detox baths, a whole bunch of different things, not to overload her system, but to slowly help detox her system. And I kid you not, within eight months, we went back for EEG and her brain scan was normal again. And from there, it was just like, why would I put my child through that again? So we just never when I had basil, I said, I'm never doing that. I don't care if it came to life or death. I will never do that to my child because it was clear to me that she was healthy those six months and the two months before she got it. But the time that she got them, she was sick. It made no sense. Right now. And I hear that a lot. Actually, I, I have a similar story with my oldest daughter. She's 25 now, but at seven months old. She had the same experience. They gave her, it's the three in one, and then they gave her another one. It's, uh, oh gosh, I, I MMR. The, yes, the MMR, and then they gave her um, the one in two. Oh my God, why can't I remember? Um, D-tap, the DTAP. Well, okay, the DTAP. Yes, and no, it was it wasn't the MMR. It was the DTAP, and then it was uh, another one. And, Cause okay. it was three. There's so many, there's so many. That's there's sad, so many. Right? And then, <laughs> and then this was 25 years ago. So it was a lot less, a lot yes. less. It was like yes. a third of what we got going on right now. Right. And right. she turned blue. She stopped breathing. I was at work. My babysitter was my cousin and 
she was panicked. She's like, the baby's not breathing and I don't know what to do. And she's turning blue and she had to call the ambulance. And by the time I got there, she was barely breathing. She was, she, she was gray by the time I got there and they called it into the ER, the um, EMTs and I could hear them. And I used to work in the medical field. So they called it in and they say, well, what are we bringing her in as? And they said, probably DOA, which is dead on arrival. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even baptize her. I'm Catholic. And I'm like, I haven't even baptized her yet. I haven't done anything. And I started praying. I was like, just praying, 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 like, please, please, please. And as we got there, she, I don't know what the EMT did. He did something and she started breathing again. And I was like, oh my God, this guy just saved my baby. And when we went in, the doctors like all rushed in and they're like, what, what, what's wrong with her? And we're like, well, she wasn't breathing and she was taking a bath and long story short, they couldn't tell me what happened. And she was in the NICU and they couldn't tell me what happened. And they gave me the blanket febrile seizure. And I'm like febrile seizure. She just had, and she had just had the vaccines less than 24 hours. Yep. And I still believe them. I was still so young. I was 21 and so naive. And this was in the nineties. So there was no Google. There was like, you would have to know what you're looking for in order to go find research for it or books on it. Right. right? right. And they still told me, well, we don't know what happened, but my pediatrician said from now on, we're just going to give her one, one shot at a time. So every month I was in and I still believe them. Cause I asked my, the ER doctor, I said, she just had her vaccines and he, she, and it was a woman. And she immediately said that has nothing to do with it. And she just walked off. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm wrong. And it took me until my fourth baby to realize it's the vaccines. Why am I listening to these people that don't care? They're not the ones going home with this baby. They don't care. And and I had it in my gut feeling too. It's like, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. But no one was backing me up. No one was saying, don't do it. Even my husband was like, well, you decide. I'm like, I decide this is our baby. And so right. sure enough, my fourth baby in the hospital, they asked me, do you want the HPV? And do you want the vitamin K? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And they said, well, most of the parents, all, all of the parents do it. Like 90% of the parents do it. And I was like, okay. And when they brought her back, she was completely different. I'm like, what is going on with my baby? Like, she won't wake up. Like, she was a newborn and she didn't wake up for six hours straight. And we were trying to do everything. We had like a cold um, rag that we were trying to wipe her down with. We put her, we got her absolutely naked. She would not wake up to feed and got to the point where she was even starting to lose a little bit of weight just because it was six hours, right? But she was brand new. And so we had to force feed her formula and try to wake her and she just wasn't waking up and she felt very hot and then suddenly she got jaundice and I'm like she was perfectly fine nursing every two hours like what happened and so anyways that's when I started to wake up where it's like this this isn't normal this isn't right and thank god that for Instagram I don't care what anybody says thank god for Instagram and strangers with kind hearts because when I started sharing my story someone reached out and said, you should really try probiotics to try to detox her. And I ended up detoxing her quite by accident. I was just following intuition and I was able to recover her. And I'm I'm very grateful for people that spread this information because it's not misinformation. It's information. What bugs me is like, why would us, most of us are single moms, not all of us, but why would us moms, single moms that have 
nothing go out of our way to warn anybody like what do we we don't get paid for this we don't get promoted for this like Mm -hmm. literally we're telling our personal experience so like when people don't want to believe us and then there's doctors that literally get bonuses for having 96% of their office. That's why they kick unvaccinated um, kids out. They get a bonus when they have 96% of their office vaccinated so they they can go live in those big mansions. And it's like, you don't see me in a big mansion telling you about this stuff because I'm not living in a big mansion. I'm living in a small home and my heart cares about you. It's not my pockets that care about you. And that's the difference. And that's what blows my mind. We've been indoctrinated to believe these big people who have fancy jobs and that went to big schools and us little people that have, you know, uh, just basic everyday jobs and, you know, homeschooling our kids, we don't know nothing. Right. And that's what we've been taught. But sadly, we're, we could run a whole society probably. (laughs) Right, exactly. We've been villainized for being more natural. And how does that make sense? It's like, do I need to remind everybody Jesus Christ was not vaccinated, was not circumcised, was, well, actually he was Jewish. So he was, but he was not vaccinated. He was not in school. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, right this is natural. My, my grandmother didn't go through this and yeah, there were diseases back then, but they were much like with what's going on with COVID. It was 1% of the population dying from smallpox, dying from chickenpox, dying from polio. Like everybody brings up polio. It's like, okay, research polio. If you're going to bring up polio to me, research it because research what happened before polio. How about all the DTT Mm -hmm. spraying and Mm -hmm. all of that? Or how about the Newberg code? Like they don't have any idea about the history. Mm -hmm. They just hear what they've been taught. And that's, that's where our information is valuable because at least even if they don't agree, they get both sides, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what's wrong with the world. They don't want to give both sides. It's like, and same with common core schooling. It's like, you're learning this way. And then this is the way you're going to learn. And that's it. And it's like, no, there's actually more ways to learn and more ways to understand and more two sides to both stories. So you need to sit there and have both informed consent of everything, what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, as far as putting on your body, what you're watching, like Mm -hmm. kids TV shows are literally just toxic as can be. It's, it's, it's incredible. I could go on and on girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I, and I'll listen too. (laughs) Okay. So let me ask you this. Why did you decide to start homeschooling? I know why I did it, but I want to hear from you. Why did you decide to start homeschooling your children? Okay, so I knew that I didn't want my kids to be a part of a system where they couldn't critically think. And I also had behavior issues growing up, and I didn't want my kids to be labeled. So I get kids are wild and mischievous and all of that. But instead of pointing out like, oh, instead of saying she's mischievous, it's, oh, wow, she's very, what's a positive word for it? Because I can't even think, uh, intuitive rather than being mischievous she's learning and I feel like what's wrong with school is they rather label the child and that label will follow them rather than finding that skill that that child's good at and and letting that child thrive so for example my daughter is all of the labels you could probably think of and it drives me nuts but I don't call her those things instead I know what drives her to learn singing she does not want to learn unless we're singing a song so we do classical conversations And she's thriving in it. She knows facts about things I don't even know. So it just like when you find that 
what works for your child, it show it goes to show that you can't sit every child in a classroom and make them cookie cutter children because our children aren't cookie cutters. Our children are individual beings who deserve to flourish in their own means. Yes. And that's one of the things that I didn't like about school. It's like everybody has to learn the same way. Everybody has to be tested. Everybody you don't get to critically think you think the way we tell you to think. And they they just want to put them in this little box. And it's like, that's not really education. You're just making them memorize things and they're not even interested in it. And yeah, I found that with homeschooling, you can adjust for the child, which is right. Like I've heard an analogy where it's like, you don't blame a flower for not growing. Like you don't like say flower, why aren't you growing? Like, you know, you you give it fertilizer, you give it water, you make sure it has enough sunlight, you make sure it has enough shade when it needs it. And you adjust to the flower, you don't make the flower adjust to you, right? And that's what we're looking at our children. It's like, everybody's uniquely different. And it's beautiful that they're uniquely different. And they learn differently. I just, I just found out that my five year old is a kinetic learner. And here I am trying to lecture her. She doesn't get it. She's like, that's so boring. She's always telling me boring, but (laughs) I'm not, yeah, I'm not teaching her the way that she needs to learn. So I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out different ways because the other two love it. The other two love the way that I teach them. Well, they're both Gemini's and I'm a Gemini. So they, they love the lecture, but this girl, my five-year-old is a Leo and I, I don't have experiences with Leo. So I'm like, okay, how do I get her to learn? She's a very kinetic learner, right? So I like that with homeschooling, you can really adjust your teaching for the child to learn. And these right. homeschool kids, like growing up, I used to think, oh, homes- homeschool kids are weird. No, they're not. They're smart. They're very smart. Right. And that's why they're weird. That's what (laughs) makes them weird. Because I was the weird kid in school. I wasn't homeschooled, but I was always smart. So then I dumbed myself down Mm -hmm. to fit in with kids that I should I should have never had had to do that, you know, because I should have been able to thrive in my environment. But because I was so intellectually smart, I wasn't able to thrive Mm -hmm. in public school. And even when they put me in gifted classes, like I didn't thrive there because there was actually kids that were way smarter than me. So then I felt like I wasn't in my my zone. So I feel like homeschool and co-ops are so important because, yes, you have your kid at home and they're learning your ways, your morals, your beliefs. And they're also learning their way of learning. They're like they're getting everything they need. But co-ops also give them to see other kids and see how other families work. So they're not just seeing kids, they're seeing families and how families yes. work. Because most co-ops, every family, most family members go. It's not just rowdy, bad kids. And yeah. I feel like when you see kids seeing other kids at co-ops, sees, oh, that mom disciplines that kid too, not spanking or, you know what I'm saying? But like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not good. I, I Instead of seeing just bad kids and a teacher yelling at them, they're seeing a family unit correcting a child. And mm-hmm. that's how I feel like kids learn better from that rather than just seeing one strict teacher always, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just feel like in, in a whole, there's so much learning going on rather than being stuck in four walls of just one person. Yes. And I think you mentioned something very important that, yeah, co-ops are your friends. Like you gain so much more being part of a co-op, being part of a meetup group, at least, even if it's just to meet up every Friday at the park, you learn so much from other people. It's like, okay, this is the curriculum that I'm using. What do you use? How do you feel about it? How do your kids respond to it? Or I can go up to one of my 
friends, you know, mom friends from a co-op and say, my little grace is not understanding the lecture. What, what would you recommend? Because I don't exactly. know. Right. It so it yeah. takes a village. And I think co I think when people say, think of homeschooling, they think like, we're just a family that is home all day. And like, we have no life Lazy, and the kids, and are, we don't do anything, the kids yeah. are boring <laughs> and we probably don't do nothing. But the reality is they probably learn 10 times more in a two hour period than they yes. would in a six hour period. Us moms are connecting with like-minded people that we're thriving off of, building a community off of. Like I found someone that sells raw milk. I, if I wasn't part of that co-op, I wouldn't have found that. I found so many like boutiques and like places I rather support because these moms told me about it. So it's like, it's not just about the benefit of the kid. It's the benefit of me because as a stay-at-home mom, what else would I be doing? I'd be sitting home, binge watching TV, not being sociable, but this helps me be sociable and communicate and feel loved as a community. So it brings so much more than just about the kids or just about schooling. It's a community. And that's what I feel like more if people stepped out into homeschooling and explored co-ops and the whole experience as a whole, they'd never want to go back to that six hour, get up for school, hurry up and eat breakfast, come home, do sports. Like Mm -hmm. we have sports, but we don't have to live that life no more because it's just different with that homeschool. You set your schedule, your time, everything. If you don't want to do school on Thursday because you want to go to the beach, guess what? You're going to the beach and there's no, oh, let's get a note for the teacher. None of that. No, not only that, like I, I've done that. I've taken when I was living in California, I've taken the kids to um, the beach instead of school and there's still so much to learn. You know, you see the little yes. clams, like little clams are coming. Like we can't, we went on during the season where the clams were there. Right. And you could see them like trying to burrow themselves in and then try to come back out for air, whatever it is that they do. And so I, I'm like, this is a great teaching opportunity. Or when we're cooking, this is a great teaching opportunity. You know, how many, how many quarts do we need? How many cups do we need? If we needed to divide it into this many sections, what is it? And the kids are like, Oh, everything has to be homeschooled. But it's like, but you're learning, like you're learning. Yes. It's and it's so much better than being stuck six hours at a desk, masked and quiet, you know, right. and it's doing your memorization. Learning. It's yeah. hands-on learning, life skills that kids grocery shopping. You know how much they learn just by going to the grocery store and having a conversation. Our kids, homeschool kids, are intellectually can hold a better conversation because they aren't just talking with kids their age. They're able to talk with adults and other kids and babies. So they're around different age groups. So with that, they're able to intellectually get different forms of communication and that helps them thrive. And if you're not able to communicate, you can only communicate on a six-year-old level, you're stuck. But if you're a six-year-old that could communicate with adults, how much more can you do with, with that, you know? Yes. And it builds so much confidence. So So much confidence. confidence. Now uh, let me, let me go back to the medical freedom. So at this point, what do you do if your if your child or one of your children or both of your children get sick? Where do you take them? So we do have like a a pediatrician. She's not. I wouldn't say she's not against vaccines or she's pro. She just doesn't. She hasn't forced it or anything. But we don't go for like the you know, yearly checkups, we literally have her on file. If something happens, like I can't figure out. But as far as like, fevers, we do belladonna, which is a homeopathic earaches, I have an otoscope, I check the ear. Um, I had to learn myself, I had to take the competence back, because that's what happened, they made us incompetent, right? 
as parents. Yes. They, they made us feel like you don't know if they're sick or you don't know how to care for their sick or you all of that. I had to get that back. So I had to learn like what the eardrum is supposed to look like when they have an ear infection or when the eardrums busted. So I had to learn, like, don't just rush them in because of ear infection, because what are they going to do? Put your child on antibiotics. But if you learn how garlic oil and lavender and natural stuff around the ear can clear it up and also flushing the ear, you won't have to run. So I had to do those things. I couldn't just hold my hand out and hope someone was going to take it. I had to take responsibility as a mom and say, these are the things I want to learn to protect my kids. So instead of rushing them somewhere, I want to know, okay, if they get a fever, I'm going to do the wet sock treatment. If they get um, runny noses or mucus, I'm going to run the eucalyptus and the diffuser. So like I had to learn those natural remedies that our grandparents and stuff did before there was doctors on every single corner. And when I started to do that, I didn't need a doctor. You know what I'm saying? So like we go to the chiropractor once um, every two weeks. So we do those counterative measures. We don't eat fast food. We don't drink soda. Like I'm not a super health nut, but like because I instilled those healthy behaviors, my kids don't care to eat that kind of stuff. So like I feel like healthy diets, the products we use in our bodies, how we take care of ourselves, exercise, we just don't have to use the doctor no more. And if we do, I just keep that one doctor on file and we go in with her. But I do recommend if you could find a local holistic doctor in your area, that's what I recommend for every parent because they might be more pricier. You might pay a lot for your one visit, but you're not going as often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that one visit, they might, they, they're going to help you with whatever you're, whatever you got going on, but you're not going to be going back every six, every three months. Like my mom goes to the doctor every month, you know, you're not going to be like that with a, a traditional doctor. You will with a holistic doctor, they're going to help you find a true remedy that's going to get you feeling a hundred percent better. Yes, I totally agree. I no longer take my children to the doctor either unless it's a, a true emergency because that's that's what you need a doctor for. It's a true emergency. Any type right. of like broken bone, broken skin, um, rashes, things like, well, even rashes, you can figure out yourself right. that you, you want that second opinion. But anyway, I now take my children to a chiropractor and nice. on a regular basis. And, and I notice it, oh my gosh, it's just so much better. Like, especially for my seven-year-old, the one that was injured, she still has certain quirks that come up. And so when I notice it, I take her in and she gets her adjustment, you know, the fluids go right back into the brain from my understanding. Right. And she walks out so much better, like so much better, yes. so much better. There's a huge difference. If you're looking for the difference, you can see it. Yes, of course. I always recommend chiropractic health. It's crazy how the spine is like it's in the middle of our back. So you'd never think but everything from your organs to headaches to your teeth to your feet to everything is yes. linked to your spine. And just getting adjustment can help mental health can help gut issues can help eczema can help so many things. So like highly recommend that as well. That's a, I'm glad you touched on that. Yes. This is great. I love this conversation. I got to tell you, like I've been wanting to have a show regarding this, but honestly, I've been afraid <laughs> to speak up, which you wouldn't think that because on my Instagram, I'm very outspoken about it. But on the show, it's like, I don't want to just bring anger to this. But at the same time, it's like so many moms are dealing with this. So many moms, yes. and especially yes. since 2020, when the pandemic that started, light bulb like, turned on I yes. think, for so many people. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people are lost, which is 
well, do I listen to the experts or do I listen to my body or do I listen to my friend or do I listen to my daughter? Like, who do I listen to? And it's like, you have all the information in the palm of your hand, literally, you know, you have such a powerful tool, your phone, you know, and that's something that I had to learn to do. It's like, okay, stop being on social media, stop, you know, wasting your time watching TV or, you know, listening to idle conversation. Why don't you just research it? Like it's right there. Right. Right. And, and now, like I said, back in the nineties, I didn't have Google, (laughs) you know, I had my first child in 1993 there was no Google, there was no internet, there was no smartphones, there was no no social media, there was none of that. Right. Like, and you yeah. didn't know what to look for. And now we're literally in the age of information. You can become informed on anything. You can learn anything you want on YouTube. <laughs> you know, if they want to tell the truth, though, that's the hard part. Yeah. That's the sad part. So that's yes. what where we come in, yeah. and we have to try and provide that information. I wish there was like. Every website you make, like if you make a website with all the resources, they'll take it down, like Linktree, they'll take it down. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, and if it's really misinformation, why are you trying to hide it? That's what I tell everybody. So my biggest thing for every mom, I tell anybody, if you, you can always catch up on any vaccine, but you can never take a vaccine injury away. So when I try to tell a mom, like before you, like when I know someone is pregnant, I'll be like, listen, I'll give you all the information I have, all the websites I have the vaccine guide. And then from there, you have informed consent if you choose to dig into it. If you don't, that's your choice. And then from there, like I said, you can either say no or you do it and then you you reap the repercussions because more than everybody sees what happens. It's constant. They get the shot, they get sick. They get the shot. The two month, the first year, especially that's what happens. Two month shots. They're sick at yes. three months, four month shots. Yes. Sick. And I see it. I see it in every daycare and it's no wonder daycare people don't make the connection or see, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just mind blowing how more people aren't speaking up when they see con- it's not normal for a baby to be sick 12 times in a year. I'm sorry, but we're not made to be sick. And doctors will tell you that it's normal for it's your normal, child yes. to get sick six times at least in their first year. And it's like, well, hmm, that adds up with the amount of time you give them vaccine. So would you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll tell you, oh, it's normal for your child to be screaming nonstop. It's normal for your child to have a fever. It's normal for your child to not want to eat. It's like, no, none of that is normal. Or have eczema with bleeding skin. Like, I've never seen so many kids with eczema um, since I... I know it. social media brings it more to light because you see it. That's what my mom always says. Well, social media, you see it more. But I think, yes, more people are talking, but I feel like it's always been a thing. But just like Mm -hmm. adoption was hush hush back in the day. This is the same thing. I feel like people were just scared to talk about it. They knew Asperger's was such a thing. And now it's Mm -hmm. autism, but it's the same. It's Mm -hmm. the same. They just renamed it. So we don't Mm want to make the connection that that's what caused it. Yes. Well, back, like I said, in the 90s, it was ADHD, ADD and ADHD. And no one knew what caused it. And now looking back on it, um, all those vaccines caused the ADHD in my son and the ADD in my daughter, you know, and nowadays it's autism. And it's like, do you guys see that? What is it? It's It's, uh, 70 by the time you're six, five years old or six years old, you get 70 um, 70 doses of that. Yes. That's insane. And then if you keep going, it's 169 doses by high school, 169 by high school. Like, why do we, if we were made God-given beings, why do we need all of that stuff in our bodies? Yeah. 
And what about the people that don't have those things? Why aren't they just dropping dead? Yeah. For example, me, I have only had seven vaccines in my life because, you know, I'm old as shit. shit. I'm 46 and we only got seven doses. Like it was three vaccines, but it was, um, you added it up to seven doses, right? By the time you were in kindergarten and that, then that's it. That's it. That's all I had. And now, so from seven and, and, and I had learning disabilities, but I think that had to do with something else, but it was still toxic. So you still have, we haven't even touched into as to why we're against vaccines or I'm saying it, I'm against vaccines. I will tell you why. (laughs) Go ahead. Please do. So vaccines create forever customers for big pharma. So like everything from autism to psoriasis to eczema to mental health that is one of the hugest ones it's a Lupus, big one that no one talks disease, about so many things that are linked to vaccines and they're on um vaccine inserts as far as you know being contradictions or side effects it's listed mm-hmm. on there but when you go to the doctor they just give you that one tiny paper and it just gives you the information on vaccines, but not that six page paper that you get that's actual Mm -hmm. vaccine insert that says could cause heart attacks, could cause death, could cause this. And then people wonder, why do I have mental health? Why do I have all of these issues? And it's because we have heavy metals in our brain and nobody understands that it's, it's killing us. I did some research and literally they're saying our kids will not outlive our generation. Like, That's sad. That is scary. Yeah, it's sad. It's scary. And I see it already like, okay, here's an example. My grandma, she lived to be 89 years old. She was on two medications. My mom, she's 49 years old. She's on eight medications. My dad, he's 60 years old. He's on 12 medications. Yeah. What, what is it going to be for my nephews and my nieces and my cousin? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. only getting worse as they get younger and not getting better. If we're such a developing society and we are doing so good, why are we doing so great in technology, but nothing for our health or anything to benefit our body so we can actually live longer Not and not maintain? I don't want to maintain. I want to live. I want to be 89 years old and walking, not in a bed trying to survive. I want to be 69 years old and able to keep up with my grandkids because there are 69 year olds that live a healthy life that can do that. I don't want to be 69 and say, hold up, guys, let me grab my cane and take my pills. I don't want to be like that. I want to have a better life and I want to give my kids a better life because it's possible to live a healthy, longer life and feel better about yourself. Like I know when I switched from eating toxic food, my mental health changed incredibly. And nobody talks about the chemicals in your food and how much it affects your brain and how much it like, it literally can make you go up and down. Like, yeah, we crave it because of what it does to us. And we don't see that and sugar, it's all of it. And by no means am I this health nut, but I do make sure like I don't eat certain things because when I I felt how I was changing, like I was becoming not a happy person. But when I changed my diet and I started reading the labels and understanding what I was putting in my body and on my body and and using in my house, like I felt mentally healthier and I didn't feel so clutter brained, if you would, like it Mm -hmm. was like things got clearer when I started eating stuff, not saying I don't have a Chick-fil-A sandwich here and there or some fish from Captain D's. I eat that stuff, but I don't indulge. And that's what happened with society is we indulge. We have McDonald's on Monday and Burger King on Wednesday and Taco Bell on Thursday and so much. And then nobody's eating like 
fruits or vegetables or nuts or what came from the earth to, to actually nourish and fuel our bodies. And then when we feel sick, we're blaming everybody else, mm -hmm. but ourselves, but ourselves for yes, because you have to become health conscious and, and responsible for your own body for your own health. And what I tell people what I recommend, I just want to touch on one last thing. What I recommend for parents is the book, the vaccine, it's called the vaccine book by Robert Sears. I recommend that book because it's not anti-vaccine. It's not pro-vaccine. It's just the facts. It's non-biased. And he tells you what it's for, what you should look out for, um, possible reactions, and whether or not it's even necessary when where you live. So when right. I read that book, I started reading. And I'm like, none of these are necessary. Not one vaccine is necessary for where I live. None of them. Right, right. And I thought, why, right. why, would, I, why would I continue to do this to my children? So I, I stopped that. But I think you mentioned something, Cynthia, that was very important. You said you took your health back into your hands. You had to learn how to heal not only yourself, but your children as well. You had to learn how to use what the earth provides to heal yourself and to feed yourself. What else can we do in regards to what we're putting in our body, in regards to what we're putting on our body, cleaning items, things like that? What do you do? Um, so I actually recently, about a year ago, a good friend of mine, I used to clean houses for a living. She reached out to me and she was like, girl, you eat healthy. You go to church. You're doing all the healthy things for your body, but you're still using toxic stuff to clean people's houses. But at the time, I didn't care because I needed to make a living like that was my source of income was cleaning people's houses. So I never even thought about toxic products. Mm -hmm. So I was cleaning houses. Um, she reached out to me and she introduced the wellness box. And when I tried the products, not only did they work better, I was no longer gagging. Like, you know, that fume feel like almost like yes. it covers your lungs and you can't breathe. Oh I no God, longer yes. had that feeling and it was enjoyable. And then on top of it, I could help my kids can help clean at home. They're four and two. And I feel safe knowing that they can spray the all purpose cleaner, or they can spray the disinfectant and clean and not so they're learning responsibility things that you know, parents can't teach because talk products are so toxic these days, you really don't want your kids around them. And they're also uh, around safe products that I know I can trust. So the wellness box has everything from like laundry soap, dish soap, body wash, snacks, vitamins, literally everything that you would buy at Walmart, Target, Amazon. These are all American made products. So I started shopping there because it only made sense for me to stop poisoning myself. You know, um, when she showed me the lung study, which I can provide that information, it said that a woman that cleans their house once a week with regular products, it's like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Wow. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. So I'm over here trying to be 69 and running, but I'm, <laughs> I'm over here cleaning houses with toxic products. So I was like, you know what? I wanted to support her. And I also wanted to provide better products in my house. And after the first month I was hooked, like I had um, snacks that I didn't have to read labels for. I had safer products, like the cleaning products don't even come with childproof caps. So like when my son got in the toilet bowl cleaner, like had it been Clorox or whatever, I'm sure it would have burnt his skin. Mm -hmm. But when I called poison control, they literally just told me to wipe him down. And that was it. And just watch him no rash or nothing. Like he poured the whole thing on his head. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Another um, another thing is I used to be on 
two different medications for my mental health and I really wanted to get off of them. So when I did some research, the wellness box also also provided um, um, a supplement, a natural supplement that's called Luminex and it has St. John's wort. And what I learned about the benefits of how it helps with depression and anxiety, even menopause, um, PMS, so many things. I started taking them twice a day. And after three months, I was no longer tied into big pharma because I was just depending a hundred percent on the wellness box. Um, so like I was saving money by not going to the store. Cause you know, like how we all have to throw the kids in the car, buy a snack, buy a lunch, you know how that goes. So I was saving mm-hmm. money by doing that. I was bringing safer products in my home and it just made sense to shop like that. So now that I have these safer products in my home, it's really like been the game changer for the all around health from no vaccines, safer food, safer house products. So now it just feels good to know, like I'm not being contradicting because I'm doing all the things to keep us safe and protected. That's amazing. So let me, you just mentioned something that just kind of blew my mind right now. St. John's worth helps with mental health. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to start incorporating that (laughs) (laughs) because I have a, my son is schizophrenic and I do believe it stems from all the things that I did wrong that I didn't know. And my daughter also suffers from mental illness as well. My oldest and the, the three younger ones they're you know, I know better. I do better now. So they don't, they're perfectly fine. And so I do want to find other methods and treatments to help my, my older children. So St. John's worth, I'm going to really look into that. Yeah. So with the wellness box, do you have any, any other information that you'd like to share? Yeah. So I'd love to share right now. I, I highly recommend the wellness box for many things. If you are looking for safer, cleaner, non-toxic, friendly environment, I recommend looking into it because they're safer, cleaner, greener, shipped straight to your door. So it just knocks out the hassle. And I also recommend if you're looking for a way to step out of the matrix and no longer, you know, do that hustle bustle of that nine to five, I was able to start referring friends. And within six to nine months, I was able to stay home by referring others to shop for the wellness box. And I feel like my job now is to help others see that you don't have to work in that nine to five matrix. You don't have to be tied in that hustle and bustle to make ends meet because as a single mom, I'm doing it. And I know so many, so many more that could do the same just by telling somebody about where they shop in their favorite products. And who doesn't want American made? Who doesn't want a company that stands up for what we believe in? They they're, they're against the medical mandates. They're, they're all for speaking up for medical freedom and they're not about inflation prices. They're actually trying to help save money. So American made ship straight to your door, saving money. Everybody wants it. So it's an opportunity that everybody should take advantage of. Okay, great. And I'll definitely be linking everything in the show notes if anybody's interested in that and as well as the uh, the vaccine book because I really recommend that one. It's just, it's not biased at all. So I'll link that. And um, with that, so one last question, Cynthia. So I, I just learned this phrase, so I'm going to share it on on the podcast. So we're no longer saying single mom or single parent. We're now saying sovereign mom, sovereign parent. I love that. <laughs> right? I like that too. Yes. So do you and your ex 
share the same vision as far as, you know, non-toxic, non-vaccines, homeschooling? Do you share that? Because I know that when some parents divorce, it becomes a huge problem when one parent either doesn't agree or wants to try to control the situation. So how was your experience? Thankfully, we are, I'm very blessed with our situation. Like, because my wife seen what happened to Brooklyn firsthand and she's seen how I advocated for her and how I stood up for her when it all happened. She just always followed my lead. So now she's completely on board. Like she won't even, she called me the other day, matter of fact, when the doctor told her her stepson, I mean, her son needed to be vaccinated. And she called me and she goes, is this true? And I was like, no, call the health department and get a a vaccine exemption. So she's on the same page as far as vaccines, as far as health, you know, I can't really dictate how she feeds the kids, but she does tell me she does her best. But I feel like everybody's struggle is food. It's really hard. You know, we love food. We were conditioned from young that food is our happy place. Mm -hmm. Like everybody was a happy meal, you know, a happy meal. they, They say that's what brings families together. That's how we've all been conditioned. So I completely understand that it takes a lot of discipline to have a strict diet. But I know that also I teach my kids in my home This is so important about taking accountability for your health. In our home, we eat healthy. And when you're out, it's up to you. So if you ate five cupcakes at Jimmy's birthday party, guess who has a tummy ache? Because you chose to eat five cupcakes. So that's where they learn that Mm -hmm. accountability for Mm -hmm. taking for their health. So sometimes they'll come home and they'll say, oh, mommy, I ate so much junk. They call my ex-babe at babe's house. I shouldn't have did that. Or sometimes they'll be like, mom, I made such healthy choices. So um, as far as health and that goes, you know, that's her personal choice. We don't really bicker about that. I know I do a good enough job in my home that if they eat a meal that's out of whack, it's not going to hurt them. Um, But we're on common ground as far as, you know, anything like ear piercings. We want to be on the same same thing. Like if we're not doing it on our terms, it's on Brooklyn's terms if she wants to have her ears pierced. So we've been very blessed to have that kind of co-parenting relationship where we're on the same page. We discuss things. There's no arguments or anything like that. That is so amazing. I'm so happy for you that you are able to co-parent together and that you have the same common goals. And because at the end of the day, I know a lot of parents struggle, like co-parenting struggling with this, But at the end of the day, you're doing this for your children. You know, you got to take your own ego, your own pride aside and say, well, this is for the kids. So, you know, I can only imagine two mothers trying to decide, okay, well, who's going to take primary care of the children? You know, because I know I would be like, well, I'm going to take care of but two mothers. Now it's like, well, how do you do that? So if you're able to compromise and you're able to see, well, this isn't about me, it's about the children. Yes, 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 it is hard. It's not easy by no means. But God has it all in his hands. And he takes it how he needs to. And I just know all things will work out in the greater of his good. Yes, I believe that too. Uh, thank you so much, Cynthia. This was such a fun topic for me. Um, I think I've, <laughs> I just I just enjoy talking about this. So thank you so much for making time for me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, share it with a mom friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Chapters of Motherhood podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can leave me a voicemail message on Anchor FM. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chapters of Motherhood or Twitter at Mother Podcaster. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Veronica. Tune in each week to find your chapter of motherhood.